Hello and welcome to the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, and here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Still very upset that there are no mariachi bands planned for Sunday, but I'll I'll live with that. Uh, I'm okay, Adam. You know, it's uh it's been a it's been a busy day already. And um yeah, I'm hoping over the course of this episode maybe I can convince you that instead of doing a silly draft on Sunday, we could just uh have mariachi bands. It's gonna it's gonna be great. Straight from the commissioner's mouth. Straight from the commissioner's mouth. Absolutely. The league doesn't matter. Mariachi bands do matter. Oh, especially with all the injuries that are happening in training camps that we will be talking about uh, in a couple of minutes. Yeah, especially a big one that uh, that just happened. Yeah, exactly. I know this is this has been a crazy week, very very crazy week as far as uh, players getting getting released and then injuries. Just it, it's nuts. But and then players getting uh, getting that guala, yeah. as as the kids say these days. Getting that paper. Yes, exactly. Getting that paper. Getting much, that paper. Much like one safety that plays in the NFC West who actually got paid. And no, it is not that safety in the NFC West that you're thinking of. It's not. It's not him. It's not Jamal Adams. Oh, that just completely went. <laughs> it's not Jamal Adams. Uh, Still haven't got used to that yet. Although Jamal Adams does has more, does have more interceptions than this player, Buda Baker. True. Who the Arizona Cardinals made the highest paid safety on Tuesday. Four year extension, fifty nine million dollars. He has for, one. He has yeah. one less career interception than Byron Jones has, and Byron Jones is the highest paid corner in the National Football League. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we like to, sometimes we like to make fun here on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show. Sometimes. Sometimes, most of the time. But I think that uh, Buda Baker, that's not really what he does necessarily. He plays in coverage a lot. Don't get me wrong. But it seems that he he has, uh, he's recorded 33 quarterback pressures since entering the NFL in 2017 which is actually pretty astonishing for a safety. He's a box safety, really. Yeah, he is. That's, that's what it seems like. He's not, he's not really like, um, like an Ed Reed who is going to, who's like a second cornerback or a, a fourth corner out there, a fifth corner out there. He's like a, he's a box safety. He plays in coverage a lot, but um, yeah, I don't think that, that's not really why the Cardinals are paying him this money. This is like a pretty solid player. And um, you know, with Isaiah Simmons that they just drafted, who that tandem could be pretty pretty solid if he plays at safety. If he plays at safety, right. who knows where he's going to play? But uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting. This kind of resets the uh, the safety market. It'll be interesting to see what uh, John Schneider does when it is time to pay up for Jamal Adams. And I will be very happy to see what goes on with that. So fun fact, uh, Buda Baker was drafted in the second round of the 2017 NFL draft out of, he was out of Washington. Mm-hmm. Guess who was taken three picks later? It's probably Marcus May. It is Marcus May. Yeah. Marcus May is looking pretty good in training camp. I'll say that. Yeah. But Marcus May is not getting that paper like Buda Baker is. No. No, but you probably you probably would have taken uh, Buda Baker if if uh, the Cardinals didn't. So uh, congratulations, Adam. You had your eye on a talent there. Yeah, well, it's like the Steph Curry thing. It's like the St- the Knicks wanted Steph Curry, but the Warriors drafted Steph Curry two picks beforehand. Adam, I'm invoking a new rule on the podcast. Don't mention the Knicks. Do not mention the Knicks. Okay. Unless you want to see me just start crying. All right. Do not mention the fucking abomination known as the New York Knicks. Please. All right. They break my heart on a I know. daily, weekly, I know. monthly, yearly basis. I know. Piece I'm of aware. shit basketball team that I just so happen to love. I'm with you. 
I'm with you every step of the way for that. Next thing we want to talk about, we're going straight into this injury injury stuff. And something that happened on Wednesday is David Montgomery, unfortunately, went down in practice. And that looks like it's going to be a bit of a blow for the Bears. He was carted off the field, I believe, is what you were, uh, told me off air. Yes. So, whew, hope for the best for him. But, yeah, they're uh, calling they're calling it based on the early reports of it. They're calling it a quote significant leg injury. So, a big boost for Tariq Cohen. Yes, big boost for Tariq Cohen, and I would assume, pending medical examination, pending all the proper tests that need to go down, if this is a significant injury where David Montgomery is out for the season, then you would see the Bears potentially bring in a veteran running back to help lighten the load a bit for um, for Tariq Cohen, who's not an every down back. Let's just make that very clear. I mean, Tariq Cohen is not going to become the every down guy for the Chicago Bears. And I just want to look up for a second. Uh, the free agent running backs that are still available. So it's Devontae go. Freeman is still available. Devontae Freeman, absolutely. That was the one that I was going to say right off the top of my head. That's Devontae Freeman. Uh, he's very much available. He's probably um, the best one out of this. Blow Powell is available. Oh, Blow Powell. Blow Powell. Um, let's see. Isaiah Crowell. Oh. Um, Marshawn Lynch. Unless they're going to bring in Darren Sproles, which I highly doubt, but yeah, this bring in this, another Tariq Cohen to <laughs> yeah another Tariq Cohen. Yeah, this this just looks like a prime landing spot, honestly, for Devontae Freeman. Uh, that Devontae Freeman now is going to be the guy that really we're talking about could be linked pretty heavily with the Chicago Bears if this is a massive injury for David Montgomery, which, based on early reports, is looking like that is the case. So uh, best wishes to uh, to David Montgomery. Hopefully he makes a quick and speedy recovery. But in the meantime, just if you own David Montgomery and you've done a draft already, commiserations for you. Um, I probably would wait it out as long as you can. Hopefully you have Tariq Cohen too. If you don't, then I would really consider dropping the lowest guy on your bench and picking up Devontae Freeman just in case. Yeah. Cause you know, Devontae Freeman will, he's, his value. If he's signed by the bears, his value is just going to go. Whew. Yeah. He's the best running back on the market. That no doubt. Have massive character concerns. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think he would do a pretty good job in, in, in Chicago too. So the writing definitely is on the wall for the Bears to reach out to uh, Devontae Freeman. And uh, there, the other big injury news uh, coming out once again from the New England Patriots. But actually, this is kind of – some of it is pretty optimistic. Uh, Sonny Michelle is back at practice, which is good to hear for uh, fans of New England, I guess. Uh, doesn't – is there still a chance, you think, that he'll start the season on the pup? I think it really depends on how he how he checks out. I think if uh, if he looks good and the offseason foot surgery that he had looks like it's healed up, then yeah, there was a real there was a real chance that Sony Michelle could be in there week one. Um, but that's yet to be seen. But there's still plenty of time for Sony Michelle to uh, to prove his health and his value to New England. And as of right now, he's the starter there. So. I mean, if you were able to get Sony Michelle at a pretty decent value in your drafts, you're pretty happy by this development that Sony Michelle uh, could be now back healthy and will be in line to receive handoffs from this guy who we expect to be the starting quarterback in New England, Swift Transition, Adam Caster. That's correct. I am a radio professional. I've done this before. Mm-hmm. One Cameron J. Newton who is running away with the quarterback job in New England. Uh, I think there was a bit of a uh, – wasn't Jared Stidham injured, injured for a bit in training camp as well? He has a hip injury, yeah. Well, let me tell you, that's a that's going to be the handicap that basically seals this race because there is no way that – I mean, there was a long shot to start with that Cam Newton was going to be 
the number two to Jared Stidham. But now it's got to be Cam Newton. It's got to be. Yeah, I agree with you. So as per tradition, we have a one quick question for one Mr. Birdsall. Gee, Adam, I wonder what this could be. Exclusively for Mr. Birdsall. I mean, that's the price you pay for being in like 50 drafts. True. (laughs) But how was your draft? You just had one a couple nights ago. Oh, we had some breaking news on the podcast uh, before I get into it. Did Lionel uh, Messi sign for Man City? No. <laughs> uh, they're calling it now a groin injury for David Montgomery, and they the Bears are optimistic that the Montgomery injury isn't as serious as previously believed. Well, you know what? Still. It's a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign. I mean, Devontae um, Freeman's going to have to go somewhere. He's just too good to be on the on the uh, free agent market, I feel like. I agree. I agree. He's going to end up going somewhere. If there's another um, RB injury that happens, then I think Devontae Freeman will be in line. I mean, he he switched, though. He, he fired his agent and then switched to Drew Rosenhaus to try and get him a contract before training camp. And look where that's, look where that's gone. I know. So, anywho... Um, I think that this is the best team that I've drafted so far this year. Mm-hmm. And it's not a me sort of team, but I'm really, really happy with it. So I'll read it out. Okay. Three receivers, full point PPR, mm-hmm. drafted from the number two spot. Drew Brees, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Julian Edelman. Mark Andrews, Devin Singletary, Chargers D, Greg Zerline, Deontay Johnson, Ronald Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Hayden Hurst, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Rieger, and Zach Moss. I like I like this team. I think there are definitely some U players on this team. Players Julian that Edelman. Have, Julian Edelman, Joe Mixon, Chris Goblin. Players that you really that you have talked on the podcast waxed poetically on the podcast about for many for many many episodes true but this team is pretty how many teams were in this league by Ten. the way 10 mm-hmm. it's a pretty solid team honestly all things considered a lot of players i like your bench a lot there's a lot of like uh, sleeper potential there uh zach moss is a great pick for me yeah he, um, fe- he fell late too i got him like the 13th round yeah, and J.K. Dobbins as well. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about him. We hyped him up so much on last last episode. Yeah, and he looks he looks great in training camp too, J.K. Dobbins. So, um, yeah, I, I I mean I gave this team an A minus personally. Yeah. All, all all bias aside, I think it's a really good team. I think the floor is very safe with this team, and there are a lot of young kids on that bench that I think you know if they pan out. You know, I, I have the league winner on my hands. And, um, yeah, I, I, I walked out of that draft. I was very happy. Uh, your boy, Drew Brees. You had me at Drew Brees, I was going to say. <laughs> I took him in the 14th round. That's criminal. I was the only guy before round 10 to have not taken a quarterback. Everybody else in the U team. I mean, everybody else took a quarterback. Is what I was going to do in this draft was I was going to take Patrick Mahomes in the third round, just because you know I wanted to have him somewhere. You know, not the smartest thing in the world, but I would I would have done it. And Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes both went round two. Well, yeah, and it got to a point where I was looking at one of uh, Kenny Galladay. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon. One of those guys was going to fall to me at the end of the second round. It turned out to be Joe Mixon, who we all know is my second son. He's right there in terms of loves of my life with Mr. Carrion. So the fact that I was able to get one of my children does make me quite happy, I got to say. Yeah, I get you. That's it. Yeah, I think I really like your running back. Your running back situation. It's I'm a deep. Fan of. It's very deep. But I'm I'm still surprised that Drew Brees fell all the way to the 14th. I, I took him in a heartbeat. 
I would have. I would. I mean, in a heartbeat, would have taken him in the tenth round. Which and is, I, I mean, I'll just, going. I'll just read off some of the quarterbacks that weren't even drafted. You have guys like Daniel Jones weren't drafted. Baker Mayfield wasn't drafted. Derek Carr, mm, I wouldn't have drafted him either. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was not drafted. Drew Locke wasn't even drafted. That's so crazy. There are plenty of guys that if I want to go and get a second quarterback, I only drafted one quarterback in this in this league. But if I want to go get a second quarterback, I absolutely can. It's, it's you need not... an outdoor quarterback for when Drew Brees plays outside of the Superdome. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, I'll have Drew Brees though for uh, for Week One when he's uh, when he's in that game of the week, probably if not game of the season against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks come uh, come week one. I mean, I'm going to have Drew Brees and Chris Godwin, though that, that game better be like 95 combined points. <laughs> yeah. It better be like the Niners-Saints game all over again, just with the Bucks replacing the Niners. Should be like the, uh, the 40 or the Chiefs and the Rams on Monday Night Football. I'll take that. I'll take that, sure. Uh, Chris Godwin. Game. Chris Godwin, seven touchdowns. Yep. One can only hope for your sake. I, yes. And uh, yeah, so that was cool. Can't wait to. The annoying thing I think about this is that when we record the set part two of our wide receiver show next week, I won't even be able to get to ask you how our draft was because. Because we'll be talking about it on Sunday. Because we'll be in it. You'll know. Right. You all know. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it after the draft. As Kevin Hart once said, you'll learn today. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, you, ep- you get ahead of yourself? No. no. Never. Never do that. Never. But uh, today we're going to be talking about... Mariachi bands? No. Unfortunately. <sighs> Not. Shit. I know, right? Don't uh, worry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wearing a draft on Sunday. We might actually have a video component for this draft on Sunday when I bring my uh, my sombrero and my maracas to the draft. If there's not going to be a mariachi band, I'll create a one-man mariachi band. All right. Looking forward to that. All right. We're, we're getting off topic. Let's move on. Let's talk about wide receivers. We could talk about mariachi bands all day. We could. It's a separate podcast. <laughs> the Art of Mariachi. The Basement Talk Podcast Mariachi Band Show. <laughs> Now that would be a continuous live stream on the beach of Cabo San Lucas with the mariachi band just playing all day. Yep. Million views. Looking forward to that. It's what the people want to see. Believe me, Adam, if there is one person on this podcast that is a man of the people, that is me. I know what the people want. And they want mariachi bands, apparently. Absolutely. They want mariachi bands. 100%. Yeah. So, like I have been trying to say for the past, like, five times, (laughs) our topic for today's podcast is going to be about wide receivers. Part one of two. We're talking about wide receivers in fantasy football. As always, we're going by uh, our favorite website, Fantasy Pros, and their tier-based ranking system. And we'll be going through tiers one through four. That is from Michael Thomas all the way down to Devontae Parker at number 25. And as usual, we will be doing our patented sleeper breakout bust for every single tier. And to start off, tier one. In P- and this is all PPR based. And so tier one is Michael Thomas, the aforementioned, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill in that order. This is going to cause a lot of controversy this tier. Yeah. Well, I already know who my bust is. My, I, I know who mine is too. Is it Tyreek Hill? No. Oh. No, it is not. Well, that's mine. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I don't think there's a sleeper or a breakout in, in, this, in this group. I think it just makes more sense to just talk about, you know, this whole tier in general. Like, Okay, for me, I'm taking Michael Thomas second overall, right? And then in yeah. our in our league on Sunday, I'm telling you right now, I'm taking Mike, I'm taking Michael Thomas at 
my spot in the first round. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. No questions asked. I'm taking Michael Thomas. And if I can get Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, which is a very real possibility that that could happen, I would I, I would be in dreamland. I, I would actually be in dreamland if, if that can happen. Well, that would be pretty nuts if that would happen. That it would happens. be. It would be. But if there is a bust in this group, I'm going to say it's Michael Thomas. That... That is controversial. You were not wrong. Because people are going to go ahead and just expect Michael Thomas to do what he did last year. And the bottom line is that it's just not going to happen. That Michael Thomas is not going to be targeted 185 or so times and reel in 149 receptions again. It's just not going to happen. Now, could he do... Alvin Kamara is still healthy. Yeah, could he do what he did in 2018 where he was basically targeted 147-odd times and reeled in 125 of those? Absolutely, no no doubt about it. And even then, his 2018 season, he was fantastic. 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. That's kind of what I expect from Michael Thomas. And if that's the guy that he's going to be, I'll take him at number four or five, wherever I'm drafting on Sunday. I think it's Adam. Are you the number three pick or are you the number four pick? Three. I think you're four. Okay. All right. So yeah, I, I'll take I'll take Michael Thomas at number four, and and I'll be very I'll be a very happy boy. Yeah, I think uh, Tyree Kill for me is a bust just because he. This is a guy that's very streaky. He has been streaky throughout his entire career. Uh, it's a, it's like, I remember I owned him in uh, 2017 and that was the season where every other game he was really good. And it was like very, it was very strange how that pattern stayed that it was literally every other game. Hey he Adam, I think all I need to do for your Tyree kill bus prediction and come true is, is if Devontae Adams is not there, just take Tyree kill. Because anytime it would rely on Tyree Kill for anything, it's a piece of shit, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is... Cost me an egg sandwich. <laughs> Dickhead. The other thing, the other non-egg sandwich related reason why I don't think that Terry Kill is going to remain in this tier is the fact that there's so many other options in the Chiefs offense where Michael Thomas and Julio Jones and Devontae Adams are more or less the number one options in that offense, in their offenses, in their respective offenses. And Tyree Kill is probably the number two. Because Tyree, because Travis Kelsey, I would make it, I would consider the number one target in the That's Chiefs. A fair offense. case. Fair case. Yeah, I'll give it to you. So yeah, I think I mean, I'm gonna take a play page out of your playbook. I'd rather I probably think that like either. DeAndre Hopkins or Allen Robinson replace him. Whoa! In uh, in tier one, there's potential for that. Dang! Wow! I thought I was high on Allen Robinson. Yeah. Just I I just don't think that Terry Kill is going to stay in this tier uh, as when the season ends. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I think. You can make a case for all these guys that there's bust potential. We talked about Michael Thomas, talked about Tyreek Hill. Julio, it comes down to A, health, and B, he's 31 years old. So you got to figure that, you know, is a decline potentially coming God, for Julio? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I think Julio is just he, – he's, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that I think that's coming. But health is obviously a question for him. And same thing with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is a major question when it comes to his overall health. You got to, you got to remember he played, excuse me. I was about to cough there. He played in last year, 12 games. So you have to really wonder if Devontae Adams, you know, what his health situation is like. I mean, he doesn't have anything coming into camp. He looks good. He had that one little knock that he picked up when he uh, landed on his ankle a little wrong and was a little ginger, but that's been fine. He's been good to go. 
But then the other question that I have with Devontae Adams, and maybe this is a more compelling case as to why he could be a bust, is if he's the only guy in Green Bay, he's the only guy that's catching passes, defenses are going to double him. And we've seen Devontae Adams be doubled and tripled throughout his time in, in Green Bay, especially since he's you know popped on popped onto the scene. So is that really a major concern? I don't I don't know. But then you need to factor in a lot of people are down on Aaron Rodgers, right? A lot of people are very down on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how you could be super down on Aaron Rodgers, yet say you love Devontae Adams. Because I feel like if you love the receiver, you have to like the quarterback a little bit. And vice versa, where if you like the quarterback, you have to like the guys that he's throwing to. Because those are the guys that are going to make up the bulk of their points. So it's a, it's a weird argument that I hear all the time that, oh, I like Devontae Adams, but I don't really like Aaron Rodgers. Or I like Aaron Rodgers, but I don't really like Devontae Adams. I feel like, I feel like they're uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, symbiotic, I think, is the word I'm looking for uh, with one another. I guess, yeah. No, it's a symbiotic relationship that they have. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're intertwined, I guess, would be another thing. Their their performances are intertwined with each other. Their values are connected. Exactly. Yeah. Where if Aaron Rodgers is looking great, odds are Devontae Adams is looking great as well. Devontae Adams is looking great, then probably Aaron Rodgers is looking great, obviously. Yeah. Because I think the only way that you can really make the argument that you like that you maybe be down on a receiver but high on the quarterback is if that quarterback has other options that are comparable to the wide receiver. True. Where I can say I don't really like I'm not too high on Tyree Kill, but I love Patrick Mahomes. I can say that because Patrick Mahomes has other options in the Chiefs offense that he can throw to. He doesn't have to rely on Tyree Kill. Fair. Fair, yeah, I, I I could buy that a little bit. Like I've I've come around on Tyreek Hill because it's about understanding, you know, what he is as a player. He's a guy that runs fast, blows by people, and happen, happens to know how to catch footballs. Yeah. So, you know, if you put two and two together, that's pretty good. I think if you if Usain Bolt knew how to catch a football, he'd be pretty good too. Yes. If you Matt, if you grafted Chris Carter's hands onto Usain Bolt, then yes, he'd be an incredible footballer. There are some people right now that listen to this podcast that are either A just turned it off or B want to reach through their phones and strangle us. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on to tier two. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Especially as I just called said he was a football he would be a good footballer instead of a good football player. Oh, he would be a good footballer too. Well, he he did play uh, soccer for a little bit. True, Usain Bolt. But uh, yeah, it's, the club he supports though is a piece of shit. Yeah. What club does he support? I don't even know. Your neighbors. Oh well, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ma- Ma- Manchester United. I immediately fuck that. Uh, all right. So tier two, tier two is uh, from five to eight. We are at DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, and Kenny Galladay. Another easy tier for me. Yeah. Why don't you go first then? Uh, sleeper, Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Breakout, Kenny Galladay. Boss, DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, that's interesting. I think that I'd probably I'd switch – Kenny Galladay and Alan Robinson. I'd say that Kenny Galladay is more of a sleeper. And Alan and Robinson is a breakout. Yeah. Really? He hasn't broken out already? Well, relative to this tier. I think that, yeah, that's it's all relative. Yeah, I think stuff. Chris Godwin is more of like a potential breakout than Alan Robinson is. Alan Robinson, we, we've seen him do his thing. I, I know. Disappointing, Adam. Disappointing. That you're not going to give Alan Rob. I th- here I am thinking you were a big Alan Robinson fan. I am. I like Alan Robinson. That's no. why I think he's going to do well. Shame. Shameful. Okay, whatever. You want to talk about why you think DeAndre Hopkins is a bust? No, this is my cue. This is yeah. my cue now. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about mariachi bands. Um, 
I think it's more of the Odell Beckham argument. I'm not saying that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a bust at all. I don't think any of these guys in this tier are going to be a bust. But if I had to pick one, I would say it's DeAndre Hopkins more so that him and Kyler Murray don't establish that true connection. And he's not the same guy that he was when he was in Houston with Deshaun Watson, who really leaned on DeAndre Hopkins. So um, do I think he's going to be a bust? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But is do I see a potential case for him to potentially be a bust? And can I see a situation that can occur for him to be a bust? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's relative. Like, yes. Rel- relative to this tier. I think um, the guy that offers most volatility in this tier is DeAndre Hopkins. But do, who do I think is a guy that offers you the home run upside week to week? Who's the guy with the biggest ceiling? It's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Definitely. Um, actually, before we go into tier three, I kind of wanted to talk about just as a br- to break out break up this at the halfway point. Just talk about our philosophies on drafting wide receivers. Just because uh, we went, we've gone through eight already, and we're talking about various rounds on when we will be picking these wide receivers. So let's just talk about what our philosophy is as far as drafting receivers in fantasy. Sure. You want me to go first or you want to go first? You can go first. That's fine. So the way I approach receiver is receiver is very deep. Receiver is very, very, very deep. So the way that I go about it is if there's a guy that's not named Michael Thomas in the first round, I'm not taking him. I would rather wait until round two. What we're seeing so far in drafts and the draft trends that at least I've observed is The first two rounds have been very running back heavy where a lot of fantasy owners are deciding to go the first two rounds, take their RB stack, and then in the third round, go and invest in whatever receiver is there. And that's kind of the guys that we'll be talking about. The latter guys in this tier, like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and like the top couple of guys in the next tier, Juju, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen. So at the end of the day, the way that I usually go about drafting receivers is I'm much more comfortable with taking two stud running backs to start. That's like an ideal draft start for me. So I can get two stud running backs. Then in the third, take a stud receiver, guy that I can lean on, fall back on. And then as we get you know deeper and deeper into the draft, I like to continue building my running backs more than I like to build my receivers because when we get to the later rounds, like round eight, round nine, and onward, I feel like that there are a lot more guys at receiver that ha- are in an opportunity to pan out for my fantasy team than there are for running backs. So at the end of the day, like I did for uh, the draft that I had just read out, I wanted to go and build a really deep running back core, and that's exactly what I did. Meanwhile, I was still able to get a pretty solid crew of receivers that are pretty safe with a high enough ceiling where I feel comfortable enough to say, you know what, if my biggest hole in that team was probably that third receiver spot with Edelman, and there's not much else after that, I also feel like over the course of the season, there's going to be a receiver that comes along that breaks out and has his massive, massive appeal to owners and pe- people will dra- will want to pick him up off of waivers come the next week. That's what I know that I can do. And that's why I'm much more comfortable waiting on receivers after you've taken your first two, I think if you still have one receiver and you're in round eight, round nine, you're in a bit of trouble. But if you are building around a core, like I did, if you went Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, uh, Chris Godwin, and then the fourth round, you were able to get Cortland Sutton. I think it's a great start. I mean, I did it. I did it. And then I was still able to build my running back room with guys like Ronald Jones, guys like uh, JK Dobbins to really help solidify the team and make it more of a complete unit. Yeah. You know, as you were looking or as you were talking about that, I was looking at the, the tiers going down the list here and, you know, even going to tier six, there are players here that 
have really good potential, like who can really kind of uh, pay off for you in the long run. Totally. Where it's worth it to, to wait a bit longer for wide receiver. As far as my philosophy is concerned, it's like you got to look at what the class is for that particular year. I think for this year, I'm more particular. I'm more comfortable waiting for a uh, for a wide receiver. And by waiting, I'm just being like going to the third round, like you, like you, where it's like you have two stud running backs, and then you get wide receiver in the third round. But there are some years where it's like you want to get you want to get a running back. Like if you have a late first round pick. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had uh, the 10th pick and or the 9th or 10th pick. So I think I, even though I drafted two running backs with the, on the swing, I think I would be more, I'd be more susceptible to drafting a stud running back at the end of the first or a stud receiver at the end of the first and then uh, drafting the other with it, with the turn where you're going running back wide receiver just because it just depends on the quality really. And then going further into the draft um, yet again, it depends on depth, really what you're looking at. If where in this draft class specifically, where you have that opportunity where you can wait for wide receiver and you can actually get some solid options at wide receiver going into going into the forties, as far as receivers are concerned, then I'm comfortable waiting, comfortable waiting a couple, like skipping receiver in a couple of rounds and go and trying to fill out the running back room. But, you know, there are other years where if running back is deep, then it's like, well, I should probably get some wide receivers as well, just because it's important, especially, and this is also for PPR, where wide receiver has more value than in uh, non-PPR. So for non-PPR, then yeah, you're going running back all the way. Yeah running back, running back, like no questions asked. But for PPR, you get that other factor where wide receivers have another option for, uh, for getting points. So, But running backs yeah. also on a, on a points basis do generally outscore yes. receivers, which is why I would rather have that running back, running back start. But in, in my case, I think Michael Thomas is the exception to that. Yeah. I think they're – yeah. It's more, I guess it's more traditional where I th- a couple of years ago, I think you started seeing like Devontae, like Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins when he was on the Texans going, you had more going in the, late, in the later first round, like the, the 8, 9, 10 picks in 10-team leagues or 9, 10, 11, or 10, 11, 12 in 12-team uh, in leagues. But... I think now with some of the question marks with that people have with uh, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Terry Kill, and DeAndre Hopkins, I think people are more willing to to wait into the second round or the third round to uh, to draft those wide receivers. And really, I think that another thing about fantasy football is like you have your draft, you have your plan going to the draft, but also you gotta kind of you gotta play around, you gotta adapt your strategy based on what, uh, what other people are doing. If oh, you're, of course. yeah, I mean, that's kind of a given, that's kind of an obvious thing where like you use, if you see a bunch of wide receivers going off the board, you're just like, well, shit, I don't think I'm going to have, I don't think I'm going to get the opportunity to get a good wide receiver if I keep waiting. So you don't want to, you don't want to go into a panic mode, but you kind of have to think about who's going to be available for you when, when it's your turn to pick and make your decisions accordingly. See, this is what kind of drives me crazy about the way people sort of approach drafts is they have their one set ideology and that's that. That's not the way you approach drafting. You have to be able to adjust on the fly. You have to be able to, at the end of the day, if you see a guy there that you don't necessarily like, but you know is a value, you go ahead and take him, regardless of, of you know what your needs are. You see someone like, let's just say, uh, this happened in, in, in one of my leagues already, where Travis Kelsey fell all the way to the end of the second round. And this guy had already kept 
George Kittle. He took Travis Kelsey. And he's going to flex Travis Kelsey. Well, like something else. It's not ideal. Like, I don't think you, you want to really, you know, have two starting tight ends every single week. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, you trade one of them, you get an absolute haul back, and you still have someone that can really fill in the performances that the others leaving behind in the team. So it really all comes down to you have to be able to adjust. And Adam, you said it spot on. You're 100% right. Where if you're not willing to adjust and you're not willing to be able to go ahead and say, oh, I I have a set philosophy here. I got to follow it the entire time. You're not going to win your league like that. You're not going to win like that because odds are there's going to be some quirks in everybody's plan. You know, some things aren't going to pan out. And then if you have to adjust on the fly and you can't adjust, you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed. If you're dead set, dead set on taking someone like, I don't know, Cortland Sutton, let's say. Cortland Sutton is not there. He gets taken a pick in front of you. And you have someone like Leonard Fournette, who is there at the end of the fourth round, who Adam nor I particularly like. But if Leonard Fournette is there at the end of the fourth round, and I already have two stud running backs, I am taking Leonard Fournette. Just because he has value. Questions asked. Yes. I don't like him. I don't want to have Leonard Fournette, but he's an unbelievable value. So I'll go ahead and I'll take that value all day. I mean, as your third running back also? Oh, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, you flex him every week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, th- this is great, <laughs> fruitful discussion. Just, just don't try not to overthink. Try not to overthink your drafts, but also try not to underthink your drafts. Where you're thinking, you think you're going to be drafting up against robots that base their picks on the ESPN rankings or whatever website you're using's rankings. It just doesn't happen that way. No, it never does. There's always wild cards. Always, always, always. I would, I would even go ahead and say it. There are more. There's more wild cards with people that know what they're doing. Versus people that don't know what they're doing. Well, I remember my my first year back, uh, somebody drafted in 2017. Somebody drafted Des, uh, Des Bryant with the fourth overall pick. Yikes! Yeah. Well, actually, my first year playing fantasy football, I drafted Aaron Rodgers fourth overall because I wanted yikes because of team names. I wanted to name my team Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Well, to like, be f- go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Just because I think this was a this was after a Super Bowl year, so this is 2011 that I drafted him. Okay, fourth overall. I mean, it's just because it's a good name, though. Hey, my first my first year of drafting of uh, playing fantasy, I was probably in I don't know sixth grade, something like that. I drafted Tony Romo number one overall. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah, you, you everyone. Everyone remembers who their first pick in fantasy is. Everybody remembers. And mine happened to be Tony Romo, number one overall. Yeah. And that was the year he got hurt. Oof. <laughs> it wasn't even a good Tony Romo year. But I can no. say, I've, I can say I, I've had Tony in, uh, in fantasy, so that makes me happy. Yeah. I really don't think there's a cowboy, a notable cowboy that I haven't owned in fantasy. I've owned Dez, I've owned DeMarco Murray, I've owned Tony, I've owned Jason Witten, I've owned Miles Austin, absolutely 100% I've owned Miles Austin, I've owned Amari, I've owned Michael Gallup, I own CD, um, I don't have any of Jarwin yet, I've owned Tony Pollard, I've owned Zeke, Dak, uh, yeah, that's uh, does the, the notable Cowboys, I should, I should say. Maybe yeah. I was playing fantasy in, in, in 1995. My first pick would have been uh, Emmett Smith. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. I was going to say, if you were playing, if it was the same thing, you'd pick Troy Aikman first overall. Probably. Yeah. Nothing but, wrong with Troy. Troy's a great guy. No, well, picking a number one overall in fantasy, that's not. He's a great guy. He's better than any quarterback the New York Jets have ever had. That's not true. How many Super Bowls did Joe Namath win? Are we really doing this? I forgot. I forgot. Can you enlighten me? I'm, I've been thinking about these mariachi bands way too much. I just, I just happened to forget. I can imagine simple football facts. How many? 
I forgot. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. That forgot. You forgot. It's a pretty memorable Super Bowl. I mean, it's basically, if you know, that Super Bowl is the reason that the NFL is what it is today. So I'm surprised that you forgot it. It's it's really strange. I mean, even even like the last couple of days, I have like this thing that happens where, like, I have like this re- weird twitch where my whole hand just happens to go down, and there's one finger that just stands up. And I think that represents how many Super Bowls Joe Namath won. Well, you'd be right in that in that sense. Oh, okay. I, I remember now. I remember now. It's still a very important Super Bowl. It's probably the, the most important Super Bowl ever played. It's not as important as mariachi bands. It's debatable. Absolutely not. <laughs> mariachi bands, Jet Super Bowl. Moving on to tier three. Wow, tier that was a long-winded ensemble. <laughs> was it ever? Moving on to tier three. Uh, we're going from nine to 17. Starting with Juju Smith-Schuster. DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Odell Beckham Jr., Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Calvin Ridley in that order. Huh. This is an interesting tier. Yes. This, this is, is a very interesting very, tier. Very interesting tier. I Can you believe – I'm surprised that we've made it so far – to see Chris Goblin ranked ahead of Mike Evans in fantasy football. 2020, what a year. What a year. I, I have mine. I, I do have mine. I think my – this is pretty straightforward for me, actually. Um, my sleeper is Amari Cooper. My breakout is Calvin Ridley. And my bust is DJ Moore. My hmm. – my sleeper, I think, is also Calvin Ridley. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. He's not a sleeper. He's already amazing. He's got a great name. I love he, him. He has. He does have a great name. My breakout. Breakout is hard because I think Juju is my breakout, even though he's already broken out. Good job. More or less. Yeah, there's still some people who doubt Juju because he hasn't done it as the number one receiver, but good shout. Good shout. And my bust, I think, is Odell Beckham. Oh, oh. I thought you were going to break my heart and say Amari Cooper. I, I, I would have exploded. I, you, missed, you missed a prime opportunity to just send me into full nuclear. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't want to make you that angry because, you know, we have a show to do. You de- well, all bias aside, I will have no reaction whatsoever. Do you think Amari Cooper is a bust? I, mm, I think probably he. I, it's there's a pretty there's a chance that it, that it won't. Ha- there's a better chance that it won't happen, but there's definitely a chance that it will happen. So you think Odell Beckham's bigger bust potential than Amari Cooper? Yes. Okay. All right. That's fine. yes. That's fine. I can live with that. I mean, Amari, Amari Cooper has that bust potential just because of how many more options there are in the Cowboys offense and yes, injuries uh, I, and things like that. I agree with you. But, I, I'm surprised that nobody said Mike Evans either. Yeah, I think that Mike Evans, Mike Evans is a good shout just because I think people are still going to draft him high just based yeah. on name value. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Mike Evans is safe. Because this is a guy, again, that's every year he's been in the league, 1,000-yard receiver. Mm-hmm. That consistency is just ridiculous. Now he's a good quarterback. And yeah, now he's playing with the greatest quarterback of all time. Arguably. So you're just delusional. But he's playing with Tom Brady now. He has probably more of a consistent QB option than he did last year when it was famous Jameis slinging around the field. With 50% of the time, it would be going to his receivers, and the other 50 would be going to the defense. But I digress. My pick for bust, DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore. I really do. So it was very hard for me to say that. I'm surprised that you picked DJ Moore as your bust. Well, I'll tell you why. It comes down to the quarterback play that I think – I struggle to buy into it. 
Because while I love Teddy Bridgewater, I love the story there, I just don't find him to be a consistent QB option where DJ Moore is going to be week in, week out, so super safe. That's my only problem. Now, is Teddy Bridgewater better than Kyle Allen or Will Greer? Yes, no, no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, it's going to be an adjustment to a whole new offense, Matt Rule coming in and changing everything up. Robbie Anderson is also there who, hint, hint, hint wink, wink, I may have him as a potential sleeper. We'll, we'll get to that on Tuesday. But I think with DJ Moore, my thing with him is the QB play, I kind of question a little bit. I know that Teddy Bridgewater was with New Orleans last year and Michael Thomas didn't skip a beat when Drew Brees is out with the injury. I get that. I get that. But you know, one thing also about DJ Moore is the lack of touchdowns. That's a big problem when we're talking about the potential fantasy upside of DJ Moore. I understand that he was a near 1,200-yard receiver last year, but four touchdowns. year before that, he had two, his rookie year. So if DJ Moore is going to be a consistent fantasy option where I can look at him and say, yeah, this is a guy week in, week out that is a spectacular start. And most weeks I'll say yes. Most weeks I'll say yes. But if he's going to be elite, he's going to be an elite start, he has to score more touchdowns. I think if he can get you five, six touchdowns and still keep it up with the 85 to 90 receptions and still get you 12, 1300 yards, I would say I would go more towards like 12. That's fantastic. The DJ Moore is not a bust. I don't think DJ Moore is going to be a bust at all. I, I would just say that there's more volatility with DJ Moore and, and more potential outcomes for him to bust than there are for other guys in this range. Yeah, I think for me, uh, Calvin Ridley as a sleeper, I mean, we're both in agreement on that. Yeah. The fact that Calvin Ridley has a lot of potential. Well, I called him a breakout, but breakout sleeper. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. We both like him. Yeah, both big fans of him. Um, don't even remember who I picked for breakout. But uh, Juju. Be- yes, Juju Smith-Schuster, who has already broken out, basically. This is somebody who had a down season last year. Big chance for a, uh, for a bounce back, especially if he stays healthy, stays on the field. Uh, he's getting back Big Ben consistently hope hope to god you know knock on wood that big band will stay healthy this year did you see what your uh what your xgm said on uh on get up which one mike tannenbaum oh great what do you say and i quote the steelers have the fourth best quarterback in their division well yeah this is the same guy that drafted mark sanchez true so I don't really try and Callum Clemens as well. So I don't really, True. Tr- he does not have an eye for quarterbacks. I do not trust his opinion on quarterbacks. No, no. He said, he said that Baker Bayfield and Joe Burrow are better quarterbacks right now than Ben Roethlisberger is. That, that is a shock. I really shouldn't be surprised considering it is an ex New York Jets general manager that happened to just spill some bullshit. Yeah. I just no. I just what is it what is it with your uh, your personnel that happen to become analysts and then go on national television and just spew bullshit consistently? What is it with you New York Jets? It's cuz we don't have somebody like Stephen Jones who will wrestle uh Mike Tannenbaum's hands away from the phone before he drafts Johnny Football. <laughs> well, That's you why. should. We should. But um, I think Stephen Jones can only do that, though, because it's his father that he has to wrestle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? Be a fun scene. What a reality. What a scene. But I think that, you know, if Big Ben stays healthy and Juju stays healthy throughout this entire year, Big Ben is going to be a good quarterback. Is going to be a good quarterback for fantasy just because of how much he throws the ball. He's a gunslinger. And Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one in this offense. So Juju will benefit from this, definitely. And then for my bust, for Odell Beckham Jr., uh, I've always liked Jarvis Landry more 
like just a little bit more than Odo Beckham, just because Odo Beckham was very consistent in his first year in Cleveland. I mean, thankfully, he doesn't have that uh, that hernia that he was playing with all, through all of 2019. But you saw last year that Jarvis Landry was the favorite target of Baker Mayfield in most games, where Odo Beckham Jr. just it just didn't happen. He was like invisible. For, for many, many weeks where you only get like a couple targets and Jarvis Landry get 15 receptions. So I think that pe- people are still going to dr- are going to be drafting him lower than they did in 2019. But I don't know. I'm not crazy. I'm not really crazy about uh, Odo Beckham this year relative to, uh, to the rest of this class of wide receivers. Cause I, I definitely rather have Adam Thielen over him. I'd rather have Amari Cooper over him, I'd rather have Robert Woods. Over him, I'd rather have Mike Evans. Over, I'd rather him. have everybody in this tier over Odell. Not necessarily. Who would I, you? Who would you not take over Odell? Or who would, who would? Yeah, who would you not take over Odell? DJ Moore. You would rather have Odell over DJ Moore. Yes. What? Oh God. Really? Really? Don't give me that ripe smile like you're, you're so cheeky and saying, Oh, come on, give me a break. Am I saying this because I like your outbursts on the podcast? Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to smash my freaking head over this microphone right now. <laughs> No, no. D- DJ Moore has more potential than Odo Beckham, certainly. Uh, yeah, moving on to tier four of this uh, of this list, our final tier. AJ Brown, DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf, and Devontae Parker. Easy. Easy. Okay. Easiest tier there is. Uh, Sleeper, Cortland Sutton, breakout, DK Metcalf, bust, AJ Brown. Yeah, that shit is pretty good. I think my sleeper, uh, my sleeper is Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Good shout. Good shout. Um, My breakout is Devontae Parker. He's going to break out further. Wow. And then my bus is AJ Brown because the Titans don't don't want anything with the Titans. Devontae Parker, that's an interesting one. I know a lot of people who are so down on him. And just don't don't think he'll do it again. I don't know. I think that <laughs> it's a pains it pains me to say it, even though it's true. I just, what he needed was to get rid to not be with Adam Gaze, because Adam Gaze is a terrible coach. How come the Jets didn't realize that? I don't know. Adam Gaze is, is a terrible, terrible coach who's I mean, been coasting off of Peyton Manning. I mean, you could you career. could be uh, that's that's very true, but you could be right with Devontae Parker that maybe he just needed Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and Adam Gaze to uh, get the fuck out. Yeah, it's that's a, I mean that's the main reason why I think Devontae Parker this is this is like hit this is who Devontae Parker is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, A.J. Brown bust. Uh, I, as I've said many a times, I'm down on all the Titans. I just don't want to invest anything into this offense just because I really don't know what this offense is going to you know, really produce for fantasy. Again, I think I'm not a big Derrick Henry guy, but I think if you take him, he's safe given his volume. You know, He's going to get all the work in the world. Um, but it really just comes down to, again, it's that symbiotic relationship that we, uh, that we talked about before with A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, I would not even potentially touch Ryan Tannehill. So if I'm not going to touch Ryan Tannehill, why would I touch A.J. Brown? It's kind of the same in San Francisco. Why would I touch Debo Samuel if I like Jimmy Garoppolo? If I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, it's true. Just because you know that the quarterback in, those te- in both of those teams, the quarterback is not the main focal point of the offense. 
I think the only exception to that rule is probably the Rams guys where I would take Robert Woods, I would take Cooper Cup, I would take Tyler Hickbitt, even though I don't like Jared Goff. But I'm able to accept and understand that Jared Goff is such a fantasy-friendly quarterback. Yeah. Much like much like Andy Dalton was in, in, in Cincinnati. Where, yeah, AJ, where Andy Dalton wasn't great, but AJ Green was still phenomenal when he was on the field. Yes, correct. But, I mean, I think Jared Goff's in a better situation than both of those quarterbacks anyway. Yeah, I agree. Offensively. Um, are you higher on Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? I think DK Metcalf has the higher ceiling of the two. Okay. And I think Tyler Lockett has, yeah, I can't, I don't know. I think, do you think Tyler Lockett has a lower floor or the higher floor? I think he's got the higher floor. Yeah. Yeah. He has a higher Tyler Lockett has the higher floor. DK Metcalf has the higher ceiling. Yes, I agree where Tyler Lockett is like a dependable guy that you're looking at in this tier. And then DK Metcalf has the potential to break out for yes. uh, two touchdowns. Yeah. The, the ceiling with DK Metcalf is he finishes as a top five wide receiver. I, I, I truly believe that just because of the potential touchdowns that he could have. And yeah. because Russell Wilson seems to love him and who wouldn't he's six foot behemoth. Yes. He's the reincarnation of Calvin Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a bull tech. Um, are we worried about Keenan Allen at all? I, I know that a lot of people really do like Keenan Allen. You know, I was uh, going to ask you the same thing. Yeah, I mean, he's a weird one for me because if Mike Williams is week to week and, and the reports came out that he is expected to miss at least two to four weeks uh, with that shoulder injury, so that opens up a whole lot of opportunity for Keenan Allen. Um, I'm not going to say that I love Keenan Allen. I'm not even going to say that I like him. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like meh on Keenan Allen. He doesn't he doesn't excite me like he has in years past. But I understand that his floor probably is pretty safe. It's the really the question of his ceiling. What does his ceiling really offer? Yeah, and I, I'm not quite yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean you could really put Keenan Allen in the bus category as well, just because people are going to draft. You could people are going to draft him on on name value. It's going to be like a Mike Evans situation. But Keenan Allen is in. A different situation, uncharted territory, where you don't know what uh, Tyra Taylor is going to be going to do with him, and whether it's going to be Keenan Allen that's the number one in this offense, or whether it's going to be Hunter Henry as the number one with the with the Chargers. So, yeah, I'm not crazy about Keenan Allen. I think if he goes pre, if he goes like later in the draft, like you're not relying on him to win you weeks, but if he goes like if you're drafting him as like a as like a wide receiver two or a flex, then yeah, I'll take Keenan Allen. If you have an established guy already, then I like Keenan Allen. But if you're drafting Keenan Allen to be your guy, then it's not going to go well for you at all. I agree. I agree with you. If you're drafting him as a complimentary piece, I think he's fine. But if you're drafting him, if he's like your first receiver that you're drafting, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. And really, honestly, that really goes for anybody in this tier. Quite honestly, I feel like if you're taking one of these receivers and they are your number one receiver, oh boy, yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna it's it's a lot of gambles, a lot of gambles. I agree, a lot, a lot of uh, good receivers on bad teams. Also, <laughs> yes, uh, I'm surprised we didn't, we didn't talk about GJ Shark. As well as a as a breakout, he could, he's a, he's worthy of a shout here. I know the Carter Minshew, yeah, Carter Minshew loves him. So the Jaguars are going to really stink. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot, and that's good for DJ Jark. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to save tier five for part two of this. Tier five is going to be really interesting, just because of of the names that we see here. A lot of name value in this tier five that we'll be talking about on Tuesday. But regardless, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And the name is just the Basement Talk Podcast, where you have the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the fantasy show that we do, and the Quiz Vitational. So on Tuesday, we'll be going into part two of our wide receivers. And then don't forget, Sunday night, 
our fantasy football draft sans mariachi bands, unfortunately for Bird. But um, I have no words for you. It will be a show that will be recorded live and will be up on Sunday night where we will be going pick by pick in our fantasy football draft and going through our thought processes and what uh, and our thoughts on the other players picking in our fantasy football league. So for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. <laughs>